Good morning, good morning. How's good everybody morning. doing? Good, good, good. Well, we just welcome you. Today is a question and answer uh, session, and uh, we're going to talk about the video number three that we had. And uh, welcome to anybody that's on live stream. Welcome everybody that's here. We just praise God for you. And uh, Deb, do you Can't want see to? You. I know. We need to <laughs> turn the couch. <laughs> so. Adjusting. Adjusting. Pull that whole wind out some there. I'll get comfortable. Stand up. <laughs> there we go. Good. So, um, Deb, if you want to give us the review of last week. Sure. So. Absolutely. So the title of last week's video was, There's No Fear in Love. Let's just sit in that a minute. <laughs> There's no fear in love. And I think the the... The part that really caught my attention on this last video, you all may remember, is when um, he um, turns on the vid a video of the tail of a snake, and he's, he's following, or the video is following the tail of the snake, and it just about gets to the head, and the head goes, wham! <laughs> like it jumps out at you. And your amygdala, right, your amygdala in your brain really goes crazy. It starts firing off a bunch of different hormones. So... Let's review that piece first. So when you're frightened, your amygdala gets triggered because of something that happens in your environment. Then you begin to guard and protect yourself. There's a disconnect that happens when you get scared and you begin to think more about yourself than anyone else. So think about that a minute. If you're in an environment of fear, you tend to go into protection mode, right? You tend to close off, you tend to want to defend, you tend to want to push away it really breaks any opportunity for connection. Creating a situation for your child to have to fight back under your leadership and authority is not the way heaven works. That's right. First John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Fear and intimidation might work, but it's not the way heaven works. Fear has to do with punishment, but perfect maturing love casts out all fear. Mm -hmm. So I think w as it relates to parenting, I think we, we, in our own growing up, I mean, I think Danny talks about this at the beginning of the video series, is we're using all the tools and the experiences that we have from our own life, right? And I think a number of us have probably been in environments or situations where there was a, a sense of fear, right? A lot of control, a lot of dominance or domineering. Uh, and a lot of creating an environment where you may have been spending a whole lot of time as a child protecting, as protecting yourself. So understanding what we might believe to be true is violence equals power, anger equals power, other people control me, therefore I can control other people. And I'm not sure that that's the truth. In fact, I know it's a lie. So the idea is to really break that down. Most people believe that they can get their way by introducing pain and suffering into a relationship. Adults don't know what to do with the word no. And when children say no, we're not quite sure how to react to that. So they think it's their job to teach their children to give them control or they will inflict pain. Right? Out comes the paddle or the spoon in, in Danny's example. As long as this lies in operation in your relationship, you will feel powerless and will try to control the other person. So as soon as you stop believing I can control people, you will stop trying to control. 
So he goes on to really talk about love is not about control, it's about freedom. And it's about creating an environment in your home, in your relationship with your child that is really based on freedom. Shared control is when we have an understanding that I am free and you are free to make decisions. The only way to be free is to have choice. And I think that's really what he went on to talk about was the creating an environment where you provide your children with choices. And the thing that's great in the workbook is that he actually describes some of the choices that you can give your children as examples to sort of get your motor running on what types of things you want to be able to make available to your children. So some of the things he provides as examples are, do you want to go to bed now or when the TV show is over? Do you want a piggyback ride or do you want to walk to bed? Do you want to go potty first or brush your teeth first? It's not that you're going to get out of either one of them. It's that you're giving the child the choice to choose which one they want to do first. Do you want the red cup or the blue cup? Do you want a story or no story? And I think knowing or having an arsenal of those choices available when you get into a situation with a child, I think, and the more you can practice that with your child, um, I think the more you end up creating an empowering environment where then they feel like they do get to make the choice and they have freedom. Right? He gives the example of telling his two young boys, all right, kids, time for bed. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to see you till in the morning. What? Can we play? Can we read a book? <laughs> Can we what? I don't want to hear you. I don't want to see you until in the morning. Right? <laughs> of course, he talks about, does, did he know ahead of time that his kids probably were going to fail with this? <laughs> with this amount of control handed to them? Absolutely, he knows that, right? I think he says, they are in their mistake-making like, <laughs> pinnacle at this point at ages four and six. So he says, he goes to the room and he says, well, are you tired or do you need something to do? A choice, are you tired or do you need something to do? Well, we're not tired, right? And he goes on to describe the situation where his older boy, he said about cleaning the garage, the floor in the garage, and how his little one, he set him outside to clean off like eight leaves on the cement, <laughs> right? And his little one is just, yeah, right? Well, he didn't actually go out and rescue the little one. He opened the door at one point and he said, are you cold? <laughs> yeah, well, here's your coat, right? He was still making the choice to clean off the, the patio. Uh, and when he was finished was when it was, are you tired or do you need something to do, right? I don't want to hear you. I don't want to see you until in the morning, right? <laughs> and the, the blubbering that went along with that. And the thing I think is really neat is he went on to say when the boys were teenagers, he did it again at one point because he wanted to spend some time <laughs> with his wife, right? So he said, he, cried, he's, he yells to the boys, all right, boys, time for bed. Don't want to hear you. Don't want to see you till in the morning. <laughs> they scrambled off to bed and shut the door. And he said, it's amazing. It's like they have a brain and it works. <laughs> even over time. <laughs> so I think the, the lesson learned here is really there's no fear in love and making sure that the environment that you're creating is not one of control. And I think for me, the observation over these last few weeks is I was raised in an environment that was full of fear. It was a very fear-filled, control-filled environment. And those are the tools that I have brought into raising my own child and that I really have to start paying attention to what kind of environment am I creating because of expectations I think I have to express in the form of control in the situation instead of allowing William to make his own decisions. 
So for me, that's really been the ongoing revelation over these weeks that I've been watching these videos and really trying to apply these things. And frankly, having to sit down with William every once in a while and saying, buddy, I'm trying. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to parent you the way I was parented in some ways. And I'm, I have made mistakes. But I need you to know that I'm trying really hard to make some changes in how I'm doing this and creating a different environment so that you're not afraid or you're not in a, you know, in a fear-filled situation. So I think owning that for myself and opening up my heart enough to express that with William has really empowered our relationship and is hopefully working to bring it to a different level. So that's the review that I have. Amen. Amen. That was a good review. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things is that, and if y'all have any questions, anything so far, you know, the last three weeks of videos and uh, get them ready. And, uh, but I think one of the biggest things last week was that they said, they said, you know, we're, we grab right into our bag that we're used to. And that out really what he was talking about last week was outcomes, the fear, the control. And that's not God. That's not, that's not, you know, that's not what the Lord does. The Lord lets us make choices. That's what he does. He lets us make choices. I, and I remember just in preaching at, at one point, uh, the Lord said, at what point do I force my will on you? And I went, hmm, uh, you don't, you know. And uh, so all of a sudden I started to see that he gave me choices. I could listen to him who always has my best interest at heart. Uh, or I could not, you know, uh, I could go after him, I could study the word like he told me to, or I could not, you know. But there, there's some conditional stuff that there's some good uh, outcomes and some bad outcomes, and he's always telling me the best outcomes. And uh, as a parent, we are to show our kids what God looks like and how, it, how he is going to react. In other words, we are a steward really of God's children. I remember um, really had some revelation some years ago that we realized that uh, our kids are more God's kids than they are our kids. And when I realized that, I, I realized, oh, I'm dealing with God's children, you know. And that took a whole nother, uh, uh, it just put me in a different frame of mind towards how we were raising our kids, they really aren't. They're really his kids. And, and all of a sudden, I looked at things differently. And I looked at, I looked at how um, we were stewards or not. And what I should be showing them is, uh, showing our children is, how would God respond? What would God do in this situation? What, what does he have in mind? And, and that really goes into what he was saying last week. I love the fact that he brought that up. And and uh, last week we, I didn't, um, I didn't really know about the snake coming, and uh, <laughs> or I gave gave warning, put your coffee down, but uh, <laughs> any, huh? Yeah. But yeah, Rachel. Ra Rachel's Rachel spilled cup went, it. Went all over <laughs> she and I both. <laughs> but it was great because it really shows how our kids are going to react when we try to control them with fear. And so we are invoking something inside of them that's very natural, and then we're, we're seeing it as rebellion. It's not rebellion, it's 
fear that's coming on our kids. And so you can't really parent that way and hope to be successful. And God's not in it because there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. If that's the way that we've been parenting, then what we're doing is we're showing them not God's side because there is no fear in love and God is love. We're not showing them God. We're showing them the devil. We're showing them the world. And then we're wondering why they have worldly ways. And we've got to reverse that. And that's very important. So, amen. Anything to add? And if anybody has questions, uh, I just remember when I first saw the video, hand. I was sitting at home and I was watching the video and it was trailing this snake. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and when it jumped at me <laughs> through the video screen practically, I remember tangibly five or ten minutes it took my amygdala to calm down. I mean, it took my blood pressure that long to calm down. So just reconciling the fact that I had to go back and watch the next portion of the video again because I was so consumed with being in fear yes. about a snake on a video that it made me recognize the environment that I could be creating in my own home whereby blood pressures are higher, heart rates are higher, Adrenaline levels are higher. Protection is really more the theme of the household rather than love. And it was shocking to yeah. come to that realization. I think seeing that that's a natural reaction to that is very important for us to understand. Hey, this is, it's not just your kids being rebellious. You know, it is a natural reaction to control. It's a natural reaction to that. So does anybody have any questions? Anybody been trying more and more stuff and applying some stuff. Good. You got a question? Oh, okay. Been trying. Yeah. Yeah. We've been using um, these for our toddler and our two older boys who are eight and ten for about four, maybe five months now, and they work. I don't want to. I don't want to make anybody think any differently, but we've run into a couple of snags. Um, because I'm at home all day and my children are at home all day, <laughs> um, those chores add up and we have been running out of time to get them all done. Um, so um, that was a good three months jag where we finally started seeing the light of day from the chores and they were realizing that if I'm playing instead of doing my work, um, mom's gonna do my chore, I've gotta trade her for a chore that ends up being about an hour's worth of work, 15 minutes of play for an hour's worth of work is just not balancing out there. And they finally got on board. Now, Amen. they're going through, <laughs> <laughs> they're going through the stage again where they've forgotten that. And <laughs> we've been very consistent and there are a couple of things that we keep running into repeatedly. And we let them do that. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to see you until morning. And they are staying up very late because they're boys and they're young. And um, they don't want to wake up the next day. They get out of bed without complaining so much, but they're dragging their butt behind them <laughs> all morning long instead of doing what they're supposed to be doing. So... How can I continue to let them have that freedom and make that choice 
and still not run out of time at the end of the day with all the things that they need to do because they haven't been consistent and I am being consistent with them doing what needs to be done. And then you've got the addition of their room is like a complete and utter mess and that's an extra chore that needs to be done <laughs> during the day as well. So what, what can I do? Amen. Nicole's going to answer that. <laughs> Good question. I think it's because I've actually thought about that um, with the girls too. I think it's important for them to understand that their actions have reactions. You know, their choices have consequences, and it's sort of like you know, I can make the choice to stay up super late and you know spend time with Brian because sometimes that's the only time I get to see him, but the next day. I still have to get up. I still have three kids to get ready. I still have a job to go to. I still have to do all that. Now, usually the next night, I'm like, okay, we're going a bit early. But I can't not do anything just because I made the wrong choice. And so I think it's important to stay consistent with, you know what? This is your chore. This is your job to handle. Just because you made the bad choice doesn't mean you get out of X, Y, or Z. You know, but then I think about, um, you know, I think about how God did with us. You know, he gave us a choice in the garden. Obviously, the wrong choice was made, and, you know, there were consequences we felt. However, out of his love, he still came back and helped. You know, he never left, but, I mean, he still helped by sending Jesus and then showed us now we have a choice to make. Do we choose Jesus or do we not? And there are consequences for those choices. And the point being, he still helped. He was still there. He was still always trying to guide to the right decisions, always trying to guide to, you know, what is best for them. Um, and even, you know, helping to get the right answer back in their lives. So, you know, I know with the girls, we've let their, you know, the room is your job. You handle it. And there's been times in the past where it's gotten out of control and they could, it was almost impossible you know, the insurmountable mountain of room. I've gone in there and I've helped them, but then turned it back to them and said, this is yours. You handle it. So I think the key is just consistency and, okay, guys, in the past you've chosen to stay up late and it's been a really rough day. So go to bed. I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear you till morning. But let me, let me advise you that in the morning you have this, 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 and this to do. If you're tired, you still have this, 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 and this to do. It will not change. Then you just see the consistency in it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter if you made the wrong choice. What you have to do is still going to be there. And it, it may take them some, some time of dragging and stuff, but they'll eventually get this really stinks. There's, um, I think, a lot of times one of the things we're, that we – when we use the fear control method, then what we do is we just set up the boundaries without any thought on their part. In other words, so it's just, don't do that, you know. And what we've done is we've set up these hard boundaries and they just know not to cross them. Well, that's the law, so to speak. Um, that's, that's like the law. Um, but, you know, the law in a sense was set up so that Jesus could come. 
But what we get over into the New Covenant where we see the true heart of God really revealed through Jesus Christ and it's Hebrews 1.3 that says Jesus was the exact representation. He wants to take us back to the place of love. In other words, you know, if you follow that first commandment to love one another as yourself, in that is all the law, you see. And so... In other words, what he's wanting us to do is to consider, what is love to my neighbor? And he's wanting us to consider that. So with our kids, I think one of the things that we miss a lot of times when we just use the fear and control is we make all the decisions for them and we don't teach them to think. But if we teach them to think, then you won't have to make all the decisions. In other words, one of the focuses that Nicole and I are trying to do with our kids is always teaching them all right, what's, what's the possibilities of this? What's going to happen if I do this? What's, and we're teaching them to think and make wise decisions. That's really what we're after. Um, it's like climbing, you know, I've used this example multiple times, but like Luke climbing on the couch or something like that. Um, I, don't, I don't mind that. Some, you know, some people might be like freaking out right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but... I don't mind it because I want him to understand, hey, you know, you know, our thoughts are basically that couch is for us. We're not for the couch, you know. Um, so I want him to understand, though, if he goes to climb, three points contact. I want him making wise decisions. That's a good, in other words, I don't mind him climbing up on something. He's not in here, is he? <laughs> I don't mind him climbing on something. I want to teach him how to do it wisely. I want, to I want to teach him how to make smart choices. And so by doing that, what one of the things, and then you combine that with the second piece of it, is we're giving them freedom, but we're not giving them 100% freedom. And here, here's why. We're, why? Because they're a kid. They do not understand all the ins and outs of the world. And here's an example of that. Am I giving them free, complete freedom? That is not what this course is saying. It's saying give them choices. And our choices set the boundaries of that. But if we gave them, like, in other words, let's take it to the nth degree. Are we giving them complete freedom to go and play in the, in the street? No. No, that would, be, that would be stupid and you'd get arrested if they got hurt, you know. So we're not giving them complete freedom. They're... You know, one of the things that we see in wisdom throughout the word is that we are to steward them while they don't know what to do, what to think, to raise them up and train them up in the way that they should go. That's not giving them complete freedom. It is giving them choices. It's giving them our choices will then set the guidelines, but it's not a fear control choice. It's a just giving them choices. Hey, for example, like in that situation, what I would do is say, listen, guys, all right, your choice last night to stay up. Y'all stayed up late? Well, the problem with that is you took time last night that's now making you tired today. That eats into your playtime. I hate that you did that. That's awful. Oh, I don't know what you're going to do with that except that you're not going to have that playtime you, until you finish your chores today. So no playtime until everything gets done, you know. And that was, that was a bad choice, you know, that kind of thing. So we're showing them those choices, and they made that. They made that decision to stay up when they shouldn't have. So does that help? Yeah.
been pretty consistent with uh, trying to explain the choices. You know, you do have a choice. If you do this, you're gonna. This is gonna happen. And if you do this, this could happen. Um, I think I might reiterate that and maybe start waking them up a little bit earlier in the morning because it started to creep into their weekends. Yeah. I mean, it's that bad. They're that backlogged with the things that. And and I'm at the same time, I don't want to get religious about it, but there are things that that can't really be let go uh, if I want to yeah. be consistent about it. So, yeah, and, and then the second part of that question was. And let me just add this oh, too. Okay. It's, I've again, one of the things that I've found is the biggest thing with, with this is that our discipline has to go beyond theirs. Mm -hmm. And so, in other words, our will has to go beyond their will. So we have to be willing to play that thing all the way out, even if it takes months. And that's what you're running into now. And that's where most parents I've seen break down, is right there. And that's when they need to hold on because they're not far from it. So what was the second part? The part two of that is Ansley is three. And um, are you going to be fun or would you like to go to your room works very, very well for her. Amen. Um, she does <laughs> not like to be alone in her room. She feels that's a punishment. And she will suck it up and she will be fun. Like, <laughs> at a look or at a mention of fun or room. Um, the problem that we're dealing with now is because she does not like going to her room and we give her a choice of walking there or carrying her there when she finally gets to that point, she will scream in her room. And she started doing that in public now. And that's not a problem that we've had before. How do I nip that in the bud? Uh, we've, we've said, well, do you want to scream or do you want to go stand in the corner? And she'll just stand in the corner and scream. How do, how do we? So <coughs> we haven't gotten to it in the videos yet, but it's coming. One of the things Danny's going to talk about is that he is not wholly opposed to spanking. But that for him, a spanking or a swat is to stop a behavior just like that, to get them snapped out of how they're reacting so that you can regain the connection to be able to then provide them the choice. So he will describe that. Um, I know he does in one of these. One of either he or his wife, Sherry, talk about it. You remember? Because I know you've watched it. So I know he's, he talks about using a, a SWAT as enough to break the behavior long enough to reinstitute the connection so that you can actually dialogue with them. Yeah. Or go to the car. And I, I would give a choice in that. Say, you can scream, but if you scream, you're going to get a spanking. Just know that those two are connected. <laughs> and that's your choice. You're welcome to do that, but you're going to get a spanking. And, you know, and that's, that's how we would do, you know, because ours is, ours is definitely, we believe in that. But, um, you know, we, now we don't hardly ever have to, though. We, yeah. Either. Yeah. Awesome. And sometimes yeah. just giving them that choice of, you mean I can scream? What? Throws them off enough that they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, if you're going to let me, I don't want to do this. You know? Yeah. The only couple things I'll add, just to add these little seasonings to what we've talked about, is he makes a point in here to remember to take good care of yourself. So I think Pastor Brian made a really good point about your will really needs to be able to extend beyond the will of your child. But that requires you taking the time for yourself that you need to make sure that you're prepared to do that. Um, because I think sometimes, I know I'm not, I'll speak for me, 
sometimes I am not prepared <laughs> because I have not taken the time that I need for myself to be grounded, to be prepared, to be calm, to be ready to deal with the reaction, to be able to offer the choices. So there's also some responsibility for us to take care of ourselves and give yourself some grace, right? This is a hard job. He says it himself, right? Parenting is one of the hard, hardest things that we're going to do. So I think we do all need some grace and mercy as we step through this process. You're doing great with your kids. Know that, right? I need to remind myself of that even after I've made a mistake. God still loves me. He still loves my son. There is still grace and the blood poured out over all of us. And I think remembering that helps sometimes too. Any little snags? Like the hardest thing with this other than consistency is finding enough chores for them to do. Honestly, like I think that's hilarious, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> he said, we got that covered. <laughs> I think Papa said, we can make some stuff up. <laughs> Any other questions? Here's Miss Amanda back here. So yeah, I think our you know getting our willpower and getting to the place where we're willing for our willpower to go beyond theirs. That's where. I, oh God, what was it? Yeah, the other day I was at the store, and uh, this this woman was there and her child was there, and the child was going up and down the. Ah, ah. She's like, that's it, I'm picking you up. And uh, so she picks her up, and, and the child goes, no, put me down. She goes, okay. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, ah. But I was like, you should come to our class. <laughs> but uh, our willpower, see, all her willpower was not beyond her child, and she the, the child was like two. And I'm thinking, good grace, multiply that times teenager, and you're in for some trouble. Because right now she's teaching that child, you can you just do whatever you want to do, and that's a dangerous place. That actually, we you know, I tried, I made up mine this week. We were, I was going to do it. Yeah. Monday and Tuesday was great. I mean, even choices, do you want to play a little bit longer? Or are you ready to do your homework now? And they kind of looked at me. Well, we're gonna play <laughs> like, a little longer. Like what? Okay. Well, go play, and I'll finish dinner, and then no problem. And Alexis, even Tuesday night, you know, kind of stopped me. She was like, um, "Aren't you gonna yell?" No. And, I <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I'm not. I'm gonna treat you with the respect that I want you to treat me. And if yeah. you don't respect me, then I'm not gonna respect you." And like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was wonderful. Mackenzie had a meltdown. Uh, Thursday night, and I literally had the same kind of thing at Walmart. Yeah. She started showing out, and I take her out of the situation. I literally was carrying her like a sack of potatoes out of Walmart, yeah. kicking, screaming, and I was surprised that nobody stopped me to think yeah. I was hurting her or kidnapping her or something, but yeah. I put her in the car, took her out of the situation. I felt horrible out, you know, walking out of Walmart, but she knew that I'm done. I'm Good. at the point. So, but my thing is just trying to stay prepared because Mackenzie is very defiant. Yeah. She is going to, you know, rebel against me at anything, whereas Alexis is the total opposite. Right. So, right. but I'm trying. But it did work part of the week. <laughs> so I was impressed well, with myself. Well, you know, in that, in that situation, that's awesome. Praise yeah, God. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. 
In that situation, what happens is, see, if you don't do something when they're being defiant, then you're teaching them that being defiant is okay. And so then we add to our own problem, and those defiances just get bigger. You know, it just gets bigger with time. So by going ahead and biting the bullet, taking her out, maybe ending your shopping trip to handle her, it's worth it because you won't have to do that, you know, when they're 8 and 10 and, you know, 12 and 16, you know, and when they're driving a car and taking that same defiance in, you know, stuff they shouldn't be doing. So it's worth it, and the par- that is the parent's responsibility. And that goes back to our willpower has to be stronger. Um, you know, we've been, in, um, we've been in the middle of the store, and we're like, oh, drop everything off. That's how you want to be. Fine, you're making a choice right now, and uh, you've made one. Let's go. And they're like, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no, this is not. I don't. This is not the choice I want to make." <laughs> so, but you know, we we make sure that they understand. Look, you have you have choices, but there are boundaries, and there are things right to do and not right to do, and and. Yeah. So they, they, they know our kids, one thing they can tell you is they know that we are serious when we give. And this is one of the biggest points of parenting is that if you give your word on something, that should be like the word of God. So if you tell them, I'm going to spank you if you do that one more time or do not do that, then if they cross that, there's, there are, there's a choice they made. And if you tell them you're going to do something, you should do them. You should do that and make sure that you don't just say something out of emotion that, you know, hey, you do that one more time and then don't follow through on it. You're teaching them that God does the same thing and he doesn't, he doesn't care about his word and that's not good. So. And the thing is, is kids keep pushing that boundary because yeah. they want to know where that limit is. They want to yeah. know where the boundary is. <laughs> like what you just said, she, we're having trouble. She's in kindergarten and I think really her... Her and her teacher are kind of bumping heads mm-hmm. because Mackenzie is used to that very affectionate type of teacher, and she's not. She's, you know, got three girls and the rest are boys, so she's got her hands full. And she, I, I've made the point, you know, we're doing everything at home. She can do the work at home. Yeah. She won't do it at school. So I'm like, you know what? You're going to fail kindergarten. I've, I've, I'm okay with that, you know. It's just it is what it is. But she got in trouble one day, and Harley said, when we get home, you're going to get a spanking. Okay. She walks in the door. He forgot about it, and she, she will bring Went it up. Went to the bedroom. You said you were going to spank me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's that type. You, so you can't, you know, she's like, well, she, I mean, very defiant, and will call you out on, on everything. So you really have to stay on your toes, and that's where it's been hard for us, especially me. I'm a big yeller, and I've got to stop yelling. And yeah do it that's good to recognize what's something that she really likes <laughs> see honestly i've taken her out of gymnastics she won't get anything sweet um her toys the only thing has been like her blanket and i told her i was like all right if you keep having bad days at school i'm going to take your blanket and you won't get it at night yeah so i'm that's well the only i thing mean really for her <laughs> It's like we had a situation not too long ago, and um, we were giving some recommendations to somebody, somebody whose child was really strong-willed, right? Really strong-willed, and it was like they kept taking stuff, 
kept taking stuff because all of their choices were putting them into a position where they had no freedoms and no fun. And every choice, they would not stop making those choices. And they're like, they do, that, this child does not seem to care. Just doesn't seem to care, whatever. I was like, just continue. It will stop. It will stop. Just your will has to be stronger because eventually they're going to get really bored of that and they're going to get really tired of it. And so you just have to continue and continue and continue in that. It's very important. Um, I was going to say something else, but I forgot what it was. Consistency is key. Yeah. Just making sure that you keep the same consistency and you're willing to do it for a long period of time. And, you know, make sure that you're a team, you know. So if, you know, if Harley, if you walk in one day and you can just tell Amanda's frazzled, that's when you step in and say, go yeah. take 10 minutes, you know. Sit in the bathtub or, you know, go to the store and get yourself a Coke or whatever. Make sure you're, you know, and same thing. You know, if you walk in and Harley's frazzled, you know, go outside and, you know, do whatever. But make sure that you are a united front and you help each other out. You also back each other. You know, if you need to discuss something behind closed doors, you do that. But in front of those kids, you are a united front and you are consistent in whatever you are doing. Yeah. It's, Im it's important to do that. So you guys know mine. She's very strong-willed. Um, what do you do when you take everything away? Like there's nothing left. You've taken everything that she <laughs> thinks is fun away, and then she just sits in her room and, you know, wants to scream. And trying to punish her, especially for me, doesn't work because she won't stay still. So I can't spank her because she just won't be still enough for me to do it. So how do I handle that kind of situation? Um, well, you, you do get into a position where you've got to kind of bring that wake-up moment, you know, and that means that you kind of force that, staying still enough to get that across. Um, like, I, I can't – my kids wouldn't have a problem with um, – they, they would uh, – I'd have to be knocked out for them not to be still enough for me, you know. <laughs> I'd have to be like laid out, you know, because um, I would, I would, I'm bigger than they are, right? So if they're at that point, you know, it's very important. But look, this is what I was going to say. Look for the thing, look for the thing that is very important to them. Be watching for it because they got something. Like we didn't know Rachel one time. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Rachel. I know her face Rachel, is priceless right she now. She doesn't remember this. Rachel, one time, I, she was just not listening, not listening, and at that point, she had gotten a bracelet-making kit. <laughs> and uh, Nicole said, "Fine, you're not getting. We're taking this bracelet maker. Oh my gosh, melt down like I mean, snot flying, everything. I mean, and we were like." we found her thing. <laughs> We're like, yes! You know, it's so great because it was like the next time we ran into it, yeah, the one ring to rule them all, yeah. It was awesome. It was like, we were like, the next time something came up, we went, we went, oh man. I was like, 
bracelet maker. We're like, <laughs> you know, so we, yeah, that was an awesome moment. We, we're like, you know, we got back, you know, she's out there just, <laughs> and we walked to the bedroom. We're like, yes, <laughs> you know, so look for that thing. Look for that thing. There's, there's almost always something that gets their attention. But a lot of times what happens is parents say, I've taken away everything, but they're still sitting in the room playing with their toys, you know. Take every toy out and do what you have to do. Take every one. No, no electronics, no nothing. I mean nothing. Books. You, you can read books. You know, something, something that their flesh probably doesn't want to do. And that's good for them anyway. They need to be readers. And you'd be willing to do it as long as it takes. Months. So I'm talking yeah. if their walls are bare and their bed is bare and... There's nothing. You get up, yeah. you get dressed, you go to school. You come home, you do your homework, you eat your supper that I prepare for you, whether you like it or not. You go take a shower, you go to bed. But it's 5 o'clock. You go to bed. And yeah. you be willing to do that for three, six, nine months until they finally get to the point that it's like, you know what, this, like, stinks because my friends all get to play together. They get to go to birthday parties. No birthday parties. Yeah. I don't care if everybody else in the school is doing it. No extracurriculars. You'd be willing to do it for a long period of time until they get to the point that they realize my bad decisions have consequences. Yes. Because our bad decisions yes. have consequences as adults. We either fix, we either guide their choices now or we sit, watch them in jail for three years because of making a wrong yeah. decision. Well, three years behind a jail cell is a whole lot worse than six months in a bare room yeah. because we're teaching them. Yeah, and that's exactly what it can equate to if you don't handle that at a young age. So you have to. Uh, people don't realize that, but that happens all the time, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's, it's just very important for your will. That three months without toys and play is a small price to pay for some character and wise choices that's for the right. rest of their life. Yeah. Equate that, you know. It's such a small price. And... Uh, I remember in one situation, too, one of the thoughts was, was like, well, we're not having any family time with them. Trust me, when they start learning to make wise choices, then you will have the best family time that you can. But they need to be making them for the right reasons. And uh, so it just, it adds up, but you have to be consistent. You have to, you know, um, you have to, you know, be persevering in your will. You know, you can't let them, it, we're talking about us not controlling our kids. It is not right to let our kids control us either. That is incorrect. And if they're doing that by running away and not being still enough, they're controlling you. You know, and that's you have to go. Doggone it! That's true. You know, I need to I need to fix that. And and or if they're you know you go for two weeks and they're not playing with any toys and you're like, don't you like playing with toys? And they're like, no, nah, I don't care. You know, they're controlling us. They're trying to. And you have to understand that's not right either. And that's not the way the world works. No, it Adults is not. Adults grow up thinking, well, yeah. I can just run away from any, you know, anything yeah. until I get my way. It's not the way the world works. No, no. So, amen. Well, we're way past our time, but continue. Those were some great questions. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay, like, so if you have more than one child at home, the thing I, I think about, too, is I would be fine staying at home with Mackenzie and taking her you know, if we're going to my brother's house, well, you're not going. But most of the time, he's working, so it's just me. So then Alexis misses out 
on stuff, and I hate that for her because she's doing what she's supposed to. Yeah. But, I mean, how do you try to find different ways to work it? So, you know, if it's a family thing where maybe, you know, Paul or Jade can pick her up and take her somewhere, or if she can ride with a friend, or maybe you take her and drop her off and leave, you know, leave her with, you know, a friend's mom in charge, you know, let me know, you know, I'll be back at three to get her or something. So you find ways that it works for her, but not changing your rules. Yeah. And it goes back to the same thing. A few months of that is not going to like stunt her whole life, you know, uh, on the child that's acting good. That's not going to stunt, but uh, it's worth it too. So, but finding a way to still give her some good things is, is a good thing. Amen. All right. Well, that was a good, great questions. Great, great stuff. So, Lord, we just thank you. And, Father, we just ask you right now for grace to parent and mentor in the way that you would have us to parent and mentor. And we praise you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 See you in a few minutes. It's going to be a great day.